In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The mouth of the just man shall meditate wisdom, and his tongue shall speak judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. These words we have heard today in the gradual of today's Mass in that very pure and authentic Gregorian melody, which we have the grace to have chanted today thanks to the presence of our sisters among us. And it speaks truly of what God has wrought in our holy patron, St. Thomas Aquinas, the patron of the Institute, but the patron also of all studies. The patron proposed by Holy Mother Church to all of the faithful as our true master in the meditation of wisdom. Truly, St. Thomas has handed down to us more than any other doctor the true teaching of all of the fathers. We refer to St. Thomas as belonging to the age of theologians, especially the scholastic age. And in the history of the church, we contrast this with the age of the fathers. In one sense, St. Thomas would certainly agree with this sharp distinction. He, in his humility, would not have considered himself as belonging to the age of the fathers. Rather, he was in the position of placing himself on his knees, as we hear in today's epistle, and begging for divine wisdom. And when he was confronted with any of the writings of the church fathers, he would consider himself before his own teachers and not as being one of their company. In another sense, though, we must be careful of making too sharp a distinction between the age of fathers and the age of St. Thomas Aquinas. For surely there was no break, no rupture between their time and his. What we admire especially in St. Thomas Aquinas is that in his teachings, and if we look especially to something like his greatest theological work, the Summa Theologica, we find the Fathers beautifully woven with the scriptures, with the sacred liturgy, even certain prayers of the Holy Mass, which we are very familiar with, for St. Thomas, of course, celebrated the same liturgy that we do today. All these things are beautifully woven together. He has placed himself on his knees before all these sources of revelation. For him, there was no sharp division between scripture, the fathers, the liturgy. No, all these formed a perfect whole. They were the entire deposit of revelation, which it was his task to expound in a systematic manner. This was the work of sacred theology, a work which was already spoken of in the age of the fathers. In the time of St. Thomas, there would be 
soon after a sharp reaction against the work that he had done, it would, in fact, be the source for further division between East and West, as ultimately, although his work was widely known and became accepted throughout the Western world, it would even make its way into the East, thanks to some great thinkers who would be made available even among the Greeks. But there would ultimately be a sharp rejection of St. Thomas Aquinas based on this idea that it was somehow wrong or somehow minimizing the mysteries of our religion to expound them in such a systematic manner. Truly, we see, though, that St. Thomas is the one who is being faithful to the fathers. Even if we look at one of the greatest of the Greek fathers, St. Gregory Nazianzen, he makes precisely the same points about theology that St. Thomas will make 800 years later. When he speaks about the necessity of speaking about God in human terms, that when we are faced with persecution, when we are faced with heresies, we have a need to explain our faith clearly. And we have no other tools besides the poor human languages that we speak. We must make use of these languages to speak about God as best we can, and therefore to make precise use of terms. St. Thomas is the great heir to this profound thought. And in fact, when we read any portion of the Summa, but especially the truly the greatest and most touching part of it, the third part, which speaks about the Incarnation, about our redemption, and about the sacraments, we find that St. Thomas weaves together in the most perfect manner the teaching of all the fathers who have come before him. So that truly, if we want an introduction to the teaching of the fathers, we can do no better than to read our master, St. Thomas Aquinas. There we find that he has done nothing more than to hand down to us faithfully the fullness of the deposit of revelation concerning Almighty God, the Blessed Trinity, and God incarnate, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, his church, and his sacraments. In this we see that St. Thomas has invented nothing. He has placed himself on his knees before the sacred scriptures and before all of sacred tradition faithfully handed down to us by the fathers and the general councils. All these things he admirably weaves together in order to provide the perfect synthesis which allows us to, for our part, adore the mysteries of our religion. St. Thomas, far from minimizing in any way or destroying the mysteries, in fact protects them by the language which he employs as the greatest of all the theologians. Certainly then, as members of the Institute of Christ the King, we have no doubt that in the present crisis, this modern crisis that we endure, certainly the solution to this will come in large part from all of our patrons, and especially the recovery of true sacred learning, something that was already sound at the beginning of the 20th century with Pope Leo XIII, Pope St. Pius X, that surely St. Thomas will provide the way out of this present intellectual morass. It is by recovering the true principles of sacred wisdom that 
we will finally emerge from this new era of terrible malice and blindness and finally embrace once more the fullness of the doctrine of Holy Mother Church. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.